In a few minutes, we'll gather around this table to break the bread and pass the cup. A simple reminder that we are with each other, for each other, community. It's something we do frequently enough that most of you are familiar with it. But today in particular, this World Communion Sunday, we'll join in this communion to remember that we're not the only ones who join at the table. And we're not the only ones who matter. They matter in war-torn Syria and Congo. They matter in earthquake-devastated Mexico City. They matter in genocidal Myanmar. They matter in starving Yemen and Somalia. They matter in desperately poor Haiti and Liberia. They matter. They're ours. We belong to each other. We're responsible for each other. Such at least is the vision of this table, this communion, this world communion. Such is what we remind ourselves when we join here today in particular. Well, knowing we'd be sharing this, this, this World Communion Sunday when I returned from vacation, I couldn't help but feel the contrast when I was away with another vision that was lifted up, a vision captured in the President's first speech to the United Nations. In it, he divided the world into good and evil, the good guys and the thugs, and it was very clear that to him, those who are evil are not ours. But then he went even further. It's not just enemies who do not belong to us, but none of us really belong to each other. None of us owe each other anything. I will always put America first, the president said, told the gathered representatives of the world. You should put your countries first too, he advised them, offering up a vision of all of us, not belonging to each other, but serving only our own interests and competing with each other. We will no longer enter into one-sided deals in which the U.S. gets nothing in return, he explained, meaning we don't do things for others. We do things for ourselves, ourselves first, ourselves really only. We don't belong to each other, he means. We don't care what happens to others, he means. And if you're small, if you're weak, if you're not the shrewdest and most calculating, you will get crushed. Tough. This he told the UN, that body founded for the very sake of providing humanitarian aid and for protecting human rights all around the globe. But regardless of their charter, hear again our charter as Michael read it in the words of Paul from Philippians. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourself. At the very least, he means to take to heart that others, every other, matters, and matters to us. He continues, let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. 
not looking at your own interests only, but considering those of others. And he continues, let this same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. He could just as easily have put it this way. Do not regard being first as something to be sought. But, but give that up to live out this vision, as Jesus did, this vision that everyone matters, that everyone needs to be considered, as Jesus was obedient to that vision, even though it cost him his life. That's our charter. Our charter as people of faith, as people who follow Jesus, as people who join at this worldwide table. That's our charter, to obey a different vision. To give up the attempts to be first, to consider only our own interests, but instead to consider the needs of others and live out this holy sense that we belong to each other, all of us, and thus to seek the good of everyone, to pay attention to the interests of everyone. I wish I could tell you three easy steps on how to do that. But there are no rules or blueprints to follow. This is all about relationships, relationships in which all matter, and relationships, relationships involve openness, and negotiation and change because they are always ongoing conversations, ongoing processes of listening and speaking and moving toward each other, even when that is scary. I will tell you one thing it takes, though. As the gospel story today suggests, the second piece that Michael read for us, this, this parable that asks which son did as his father asked, the one who said, sure, and never followed through, or the one who said, no way, and then did the work requested. In the story, even the hypocrites know the correct answer. That though the one who followed through, who did the work, who took up the task, is the one who did as his father asked. At the very least, the point of that parable is that words are cheap that opinions are a dime a dozen, that having ideas, naming a vision doesn't mean much of anything. What matters is living it out, putting flesh and blood to it, doing it over and over and over, day in and day out. That's the practice our charter calls us to, to live day in and day out as if others matter. Others near us, people on our streets, in our community, in our houses, and others far less intimate across the globe, others whose lives we can only imagine as we see snippets of them played out over the airwaves or internet, or read about them as statistics, to live as if they mattered, to live as if we can all share a good in common, to live as if we are other than rivals and competitors and, and threats, as if we are neighbor, family to each other. That's our charter, the mind that was in Christ Jesus, a charter to live day after day after day.
Walter Brueggemann calls, calls such living out, such obedience, calls it a habit, a habit of, of, of the heart that becomes a way of life, a neighborly way of life, a loving way of life. And he shares the story of the French Huguenot village of, of Les Chambon that is told in the book, Lest Innocent Blood Be Shed. This was a village that, led by their pastor during World War II, took great risks to hide Jews. And years later, a son of one of the Jews from that village, one of the Jews who survived because of the risky actions of those villagers, that son journeyed back to the village to ask them their motives. Why? Why had they done that? What motivated them to take such risks, to put themselves in such danger for others, others who sought or, or others who were thought in, in so many other places not to matter at all? To his question, he, he got no sophisticated reasons, no, no glorious answers. The villagers simply shrugged as if to say, that's who we are. That's what we do. Meaning their decision, their decision was for reasons that were so deep they were part of them. Unreflective. Simply the action of habit. The habit of living out a different vision, of considering the needs, considering the reality, considering the life of others, of living as if they, others, matter. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, wrote Paul, who did not count being first a thing to be grasped, but gave it up, saw himself as one among others, and lived out the vision that they all mattered together, that they all belonged to each other. That's what we rehearse today when we gather around this table, when we share the bread and cup, when we remember that there are others in every dang place in the globe who are family, who are neighbors, who belong to us, and we to them. That's what we rehearse, the living out of a different vision. May it become a habit of our hearts and may it finally, truly change the world.